0: Hey, I'm Erica. And I'm Lucy. And every week we watch bad movies and objectify the hot actors that star in them. The movies may be good. Or they may be bad. But it doesn't matter because we're discussing how hot the actors are. And let's be honest, that's why we bought the ticket.
1: We recap and rate the movie and cap it off by discussing the star's cherry work. Because, because being, being a, a good person, person is, is the sexiest, sexiest trait of all. all.
0: Listen on Stitcher or BadMoviesGoodButts.com. All right, welcome to episode eleven of Bad Movies Good Butts Podcast. My name is Erica. And I'm Lucy. For the first time you weren't taking a drink when it was time to introduce yourselves. That's a re- we gotta mark this day. <laughs> episode eleven. <laughs> Lucy was not taking a drink. And I have two separate drinks. You do. That's true. Okay, so what are we doing this week?
1: I am doing wait, am I going first or second? second okay
0: <laughs> right yes
1: yeah. i am doing ugh. it was emotional was I'm, it yes i'm doing dirty dancing
0: i'm no, like now you're making me like i've never seen it
1: well it probably won't be emotional for you because no. It's cheesy. It used to be in my comfort watch rotations, but ever okay. since Patrick Swayze passed, I like get really
0: sad now every time I watch it. That's fair. Like, Ghost was hard enough to watch before, but I would do it just because it was such a great movie. Uh, yes. And since he died, it was like, nope, not happening.
1: Right, exactly. And there's a subplot of this movie that someone needs an abortion and it takes place in 63, so it's still illegal. So there was like that looming over mm-hmm. that cloud looming over everything. And yeah, it was just all- <laughs> also, I was just like, really tired. (laughs) <laughs> I needed a nap, which I got later that night. That's fair. So, That's fair.
0: Yeah, but it was it was a time. But before I get into that, you are doing? I'm doing Sweet Home Alabama, the 2002 classic. <laughs> I don't know if it can be a classic when it's that new. Starring uh, Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas, and Patrick Dempsey. It was directed by Andy Tennant. And since you've been doing this a lot, it makes me curious. So I'm like, I need to start doing this in my movies. So the budget was $30 million. But it grossed 180.6 million at the box office. Nice. Who so. is Andy
1: Tennant? I'm googling that right now because that, that name sounds familiar. Oh,
0: I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't look that up. I think he's Who just like a rom-com. Probably. Guy. Yeah. I mean, this was this hits all of the rom-com high notes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He like, just di- he just directs like
0: yes. a lot of yeah. rom-coms. Like it's it hits them all pr- like love triangle and all it hits it all perfectly. <laughs> so Reese
1: Witherspoon, I don't think claims Louisiana. 'Cause she's from Tennessee as far as I knew. She was
0: born here but in Louisiana. she was born here. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't think know that. yeah, but I think she grew up mostly in Tennessee.
1: Yeah. Um, fun fact. Yeah. We have a claim to her
0: as well. We do, we do. Should we want one.
1: Which I personally do.
0: I think I would. Cool. I know. Yeah. I think she's a pretty awesome lady. Yeah. Okay. So this movie starts out on a stormy night on a beach. Two kids are running around and chasing each other. And the little boy asks the little girl to marry him. And Aww. she says, I'm 10 years old. I got too much to live for.
1: <laughs> An excellent point. <laughs> right? 10 is
0: not a good time to be getting engaged. Right. So lightning strikes the sand and like freaks them out. But he gets her to run over to where the lightning had hit the sand because it never strikes the same place twice. And you see where it's kind of like done this molten thing to the sand like it's kind of making glass and she's like you know why do you want to marry me anyhow and he says i want to marry you so i can kiss you anytime i want which Uh, i think is precious it's pretty cute but i am willing to bet that there are times in a marriage where
1: both parties are like you can't kiss me right
0: now oh for sure no without a doubt but i have i did date this guy one time who every time he wanted to kiss me would ask first and i'm like we've been together for four months like this is getting weird Like, to constantly ask permission, it's odd. Like, read the room. If if it's okay, it's okay. If it's not, ask. Like, I don't understand.
1: So on Outlander, they like flip flop between being like super duper problematic when it comes to consent yeah. and like being super duper strict when it comes to consent. <laughs> yes. And like, it's so jarring to hear him ask to kiss her because I'm like, you just beat the shit out of her. Like, what are yeah. you talking? Like, what yeah. is this? It's like, so why are you now being like, yes. oh, maybe I should have boundaries.
0: It's the oddest thing. Um, <laughs> So weird. So we find out this little sequence was a dream. Melanie, played by Reese Witherspoon, wakes up in her studio. She's a fan fashion designer and they're like prepping for fashion week you know and they're pulling an all-nighter so you know after she leaves the studio she comes home to an apartment full of flowers and like a sweet loving message from her boyfriend who clearly does not have a southern accent so we know it's not the same little boy and we're at fashion week we're at her show and we actually find out her boyfriend andrew hennings played by patrick dempsey is famous at this point we don't yet know why he's kind of famous and well-known but what are your thoughts on patrick dempsey as a physical specimen (laughs)
1: I don't know why I worded it like a science experiment, but
0: <laughs> I know that so many people love him. Right. And like watched Greys for all those ep- like years because of him. He's not my type. I don't
1: get it. I do not get
0: it because I feel like he's even... fine.
1: He's fine. And I'm a big slut for a generic looking white guy. And I'm like that. He's OK. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he... I'm supposed to believe that entire hospital full of women is like going bonkers <laughs>
0: over you. Right. And there were definitely hotter people on that show. Than exactly.
1: Him. The other guy is totally super yes. hotter.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: no. I clearly am a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm yeah, talking I'm about not but either. We, you know
0: what I'm talking about. The other guy. Yes, I do. Eric Dean? Yeah. 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 He's much hotter. Oh my God. So much hotter. So much hotter. Like, and seriously, like 18 women in this hospital yeah. are like throwing their vaginas at him. And yeah. I'm like, is see that. Cool. Yeah. I
1: don't know. Maybe he has a good personality.
0: I mean, in real life, he's probably wonderful. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you <laughs> agree with me. Yeah. I would say I feel like I'm being like gaslit by like no, <laughs> no. like like out of these two, Josh Lucas to me is so much more attractive than Patrick Dempsey. Agreed. Like hands down. Agreed.
1: It's the ruggedness.
0: It is. It's the ruggedness and the blue, bright blue eyes, like those mm-hmm. really piercing mm-hmm. blue eyes. And his nose is kind of crooked. Oh, I'm a slant for a crooked nose too. I don't know why that's charming to me, that mm-hmm. it looks like he got in a fight and never got his nose fixed. But it, it is
1: my friends from when i lived in maryland they every time i start like being interested in a new guy every single time they go oh does he have the nose (laughs) every time
0: that's amazing (laughs) (laughs)
1: and he always does
0: oh that's so funny so after the show you know her boyfriend andrew embraces her like they hug they kiss and he's like hey don't forget we have that thing with my mom tonight she's like all right shit she's not excited about it yeah so we're at later that night she's in the back of like the limo town car and they pull up to some place and the driver takes her inside because andrew's aka patrick dempsey's meeting is running late hang on a second Mm
1: -hmm. he just got her all that flowers and stuff because
0: she was having a fashion show yes yeah like you're gonna do great tonight you know like okay you work so hard i love you okay and he's vaguely famous and we don't know why. yeah we don't know why. We will find out here shortly, but all we know is when he came into the fashion show, there's like paparazzi taking pictures of him and like calling his name and asking him questions and you're like, what the heck is this? Okay. So she goes into this place, the lights come on, and they're on the engagement ring floor of Tiffany's in New York City, and he tells her, you know, professes his love, and he's like, pick one. Nice. Right? And she's like, we've only been dating for eight months, but it's fine. They, they, She goes, she says yes, they pick out the ring. That's a bit much. I mean, I guess when you know, you know. I would know too if somebody was like, <laughs> pick, you can have anyone you want, we're at Tiffany's. So we flash over to his mother arriving at her quote unquote thing. And we find out that she's the mayor of New York City. Oh, whoa. OK. Right. Who's that? Oh, actress? Candace Bergen. Oh, OK. Her. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Great pick for this. So we're back to Melanie and Andrew and they're in the car making out. And he's like, you know, I've been planning this for months. Blah, 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 blah. Like I knew it'd be perfect after or not months. Sorry. I've been planning it for weeks. I need to I only pay a, better attention to my notes. No, I only made a face because I was like, but you've only been dating for Correct. months. No, you're so right. What that's, why, that's, you... why, that's why I've only <laughs> been planning it for weeks. You know, he's like, I knew after your fashion show would be perfect. Like blah, 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 blah. Although this is nitpicking. But like,
1: now you made her the night of her. No, fashion I'm show. Su- I'm
0: super anti turning somebody else's big night into your about thing. You, yeah. That's a thousand percent what he did. It yeah. was like her very first independent fashion show, like with her own line, and now it's like, yeah, I mean, it's the like that they got engaged, but it's still kind of about him. I, no, I totally agree. Like that's why too, I don't understand people who do proposals like in front of groups or like in front of family. Because I'm just like shouldn't that be a private thing like what if she wanted to say no like quit like just stop making it about everybody like at that point you're not even it about it. you're making it about yourself and not the other person i don't i'm not for it
1: yeah it would have to be super super specific yeah
0: but also like if someone's proposing
1: to me i would hope that it's going to be like an emotional moment for me and, Yeah, like that's
0: not necessarily something that i want like my mom no exactly mom like for. it needs to be like a private thing no i, yeah. I I'm, I'm, yes i'm totally in agreement <laughs> Uh-huh. so he's like you know let's call your folks and tell them the good news and she like freaks out and grabs a cell phone out of his hand and she's like you know like let's wait I haven't seen my parents in seven years I should probably tell them in person like let's just wait to tell people. She hasn't seen her parents in seven years? Yeah. Jeez Louise. We will find out why shortly. Yeah something's going on. Um. So they flip the ring around and agree to keep it quiet. So they're on the red carpet and she greets his mom and they kind of like grab hands you know and do like the kiss on the cheek thing and his mom feels the ring and Candace Bergen is like why is she wearing an ice skating rink on this finger <laughs> and flips the ring around in front of the in press of, the and everybody carpet, yeah. yeah so the next day it's all over in the papers and her friends call and they're kind of giving her shit like you told the paparazzi before you told us like what's going oh, on yeah. here and she's like no i'm you know she just flipped the ring around and they're like well why don't you come like we're out you know that
1: still is not an answer as to why you didn't tell your friends exactly
0: exactly <laughs> and um they're like you know we're around the corner like at the diner or whatever like why don't you come visit us or come like eat with us and she was like oh i can't i'm in alabama I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah. So uh, she drives into Pigeon Creek, Alabama, and arrives at this house. That I guess it's like on a lake. They don't really say it's on a body of water, lake, very large pond, something. So, and what is crazy to me in this scene is she decides to take the ring off and she throws it into her purse. Like it's like some $12 (gasps) ring that she got like. From a gumball machine? Oh my God. She like looks at it, takes it off and just like chucks it into her bag. Oh my God. It doesn't put it in a case, doesn't put it in like a zipper pocket, doesn't zip the purse up, just like chucks it in there.
1: Maybe that was a choice to demonstrate that like she is now so far removed like this is where she's from and she's so far removed from it now that she'll just do something like that you know
0: possibly yes I mean yeah there's probably a lot more to that than just I don't know there's probably not maybe like, not <laughs> might, she might have been like when I was supposed to do this thing like I'll just check it in the bag yeah like that <laughs> is it was probably just written <laughs> into the script like that and uh, I'm reading too much into it <laughs> we also see that there is a plane on the lake like one of those like planes that can land on water and it's Puddle d- jumpers yeah and it's docked outside of this house and Josh Lucas comes out the door and he's like, hey, how can I help you? And she goes, you can start by giving me a divorce. And he's like, oh shit. And like totally like, Fi- like recognizes who she is she didn't at first and she's like come on jake and he's like uh you're shitting me right and she's like i've never understood that expression but no i am not <laughs> shitting you
1: <laughs> that's kind of a good point what does that even mean exactly
0: exactly <laughs> like you're shitting on me there, it, right. just, it makes no sense so she's like here i have the divorce papers ready apparently she sent him divorce papers before and he's always sent them back and she's like my lawyer charged me 350 an hour every time you sent them back <laughs> so stop sending them to." <laughs> <laughs> exactly (laughs) Exactly. And the dog starts barking and she tells him to be quiet, but uses the wrong name. So she finds out that in the seven years that she's been gone, their dog has died. Which is, I know, which is sad. And he was like, do your parents even know that you're here? And she's like, leave them out of this. And he's like, go visit them and then I'll talk to you. She's like, you're just being stubborn. You just won't sign because you're like torturing me. And he's like, I won't sign because you're a hoity-toity Yankee bitch. Whoa. Which I think is hilarious. When my parents <laughs> moved here,
1: well, they didn't move here. They moved. so my parents moved from New Jersey to Baton Rouge, Louisiana mm-hmm. in the '80s. Mm-hmm. So not like you know the most progressive of places. Definitely no. not. Definitely not the worst. Baton Rouge is definitely better than yeah. like a lot of others. Yeah.
0: For deep south cities, for sure.
1: Right. <laughs> but my mom was working as a paralegal at a law firm. And one of the attorneys told her this joke. What's the difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know what. And he said, a damn Yankee stays. <laughs> and then just like walked away. And she was like, my husband's going to graduate school here and we're going to live here for like five <laughs> years. <laughs>
0: So, like what have I gotten myself he, into? Yeah.
1: So he definitely was not pulling any punches. <laughs> <laughs> they made themselves known real fast.
0: Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> So he goes inside and locks her out and she's like yelling at him, you know, through the windows and she asks about the plane. Like, why do you have this plane? Um, <laughs> that's a
1: good question. Right.
0: And he, he doesn't answer. He's like, you know, it's none of your business. And she lets herself in with the hide key and he goes, well, that's the thing about hide keys They only work if your wife tells you where they are. <laughs> so apparently he had no idea <laughs> yes, from, he didn't know. for seven years where the spare key <laughs> was hidden. And then she says the saddest thing. She says, I'm not your wife. I'm just the first girl that climbed into the back of your truck. I know and he kind of has this look like oh shit and he's like well then let me remind you of who you used to be and he takes the phone into the bedroom so in the meantime Candace Bergen mayor of New York is reading up on Melanie via an interview she did for W magazine and her assistant is like there's no Earl Carmichael in Greenville Alabama which is who she claimed her dad was You know, no record of her attending high school there. Hmm. And right. And Candace is like, what happened to responsible journalism? Like, who is this girl? Where does she come from? None of this makes sense. We also learned at this time that Andrew is a secretary of housing for New York City. And um, he's talking to a friend and he says, they ask, like, what would your mom say about this engagement? And she's like, because she goes, mom said that you date women like Melanie. You don't marry them. <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> right. His friend was like, oh, my God. And he's like, well, that's mom. And his mom calls him and she's like, you know, we need to know if she has any skeletons in her closet before the press finds out. Like, happy couples don't sell papers. Like, we need to know so we can handle it appropriately. So now we are back in Pigeon Creek and cops have arrived at Jake's house. And she was like, oh, my gosh, the sheriff hates me. Like, why did you call him? Um, but the new sheriff is an old friend named Wade. And we learned that her nickname growing up was Melanie, Melanie, (laughs) which is hilarious. And Wade's like, you know, you got to go. This isn't your house. And she's like, yes, it is. We're still married. Like, if you can get him to sign the papers, I'm out of here. And um, then he says the most unfortunate thing. He says, you know, he's like, this is just a domestic dispute. Like, no, Jake, I can't make her leave. You guys got to work your shit out. He looks at Melanie. He goes, unless Jake hit you, because we take that kind of stuff pretty serious nowadays. Which is just like such an unfortunate Southern stereotype. Like... (gasps) I do think we need to make it clear that Southern men aren't going around beating their wives all the time while everybody looks the other way. like That's not a thing. I'd
1: be super interested as to who wrote this movie, if it was someone from the South or not. Right. Because I don't think a Southerner would ever write that. Right. And the thing that I love about Trey Crowder and Wellred and them is that they're like, we're raging liberal Southerners and it's doing the rest of the nation a disservice to pretend like domestic abuse and poverty and racism are southern issues exactly and i exactly. think in the past four years yes we've learned yes who was the guy in the kkk hood in the fucking whole foods that happened in california right. that did not happen right here. yes like, fuck right off
0: yes yes i you know i would say having dated men in both sides of the mason dixon line that as far as like being gentlemanly and like genuinely caring about a woman's well-being that i see that a lot more in the south Than I have personally when I have lived in the northern states. It's an unfortunate stereotype. And I think it gives people outside of the south like a pass that they don't really get. It
1: definitely gives them a pass that they don't deserve. And when I was in Jersey, I was having much more contentious political debates with Mm, guys that mm -hmm. I was interested in than Mm -hmm. I ever have here. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that that might be because here you like actively seek each other out. Whereas in Jersey, it's not like something that I was actively seeking out. Gotcha, yeah. Like... Yeah. So I'm not having those debates because I'm like on my Tinder profiles. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so she's like, no, Jake's never hit me. Like, come on, Wade. And Wade's like, well, then she's done nothing wrong. Like, I got to go. And Jake says, is there still an outstanding warrant for whoever dumped your mama's tractor in the fish pond? And it turned out that was Melanie. So Wade has to arrest her for
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so the two writers, one was born in Juneau, Alaska and one was born in Nevada. Oh, I don't so, yeah, know like where no, they grew up, but yeah, not no. They don't yeah. they probably don't really understand that. They can that,
0: fuck then. right off. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're more defensive about that than I thought you would. Be. Oh yeah, no, I super because
1: <laughs> I because I live in because I went to LSU and I fucking fell in love with Louisiana and I fucking love it here so much. Obviously, I live here, and then I went back home and I had to deal with yeah. people for yeah. five goddamn years. But yeah. ew, how could you live there? Yeah. Excuse me, you live in fucking
0: Boston. Yeah, yeah, I live here by choice too. I totally get yeah. it. So it gets for my, sure
1: when stuff like that happens on the Well Read podcast. Like I said, it gets your read up. That stuff <laughs> gets my read up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh okay so Melanie's at the police station. <laughs> And she calls her dad to come, her parents to come get her. And her dad's like, so why are you in jail this time? Like, apparently this is not their first time having to come get her. And her dad is some... She's felony Melanie.
1: (laughs) And her dad is some completely other guy than was quoted in the article.
0: Yes. His first name is Earl, but his last name is (laughs) Smooter. So she's been going by Melanie Carmichael saying her dad is Earl Carmichael. And that's not the case. And that they're from Greenville, which also isn't true. They're from Pigeon Creek. So they kind of start talking about old times. And we find out that when they were married, Jake was drunk at her wedding. And she went to the reception... By herself with puke on her dress oh. because he was sleeping it off in the travel lodge. Oh so we get to her parents trailer and like nothing has changed it looks exactly you know and her mom starts kind of picking at her you know as our mothers do about like how she looks so tired and how she's wearing her hair and it turns out that she would bought them tickets to New York City but they never came to visit her and her mom gave the tickets back because she said it just didn't suit so it's kind of like this tension over the visits and you know she's like can you never call and I was like well the phone works both ways you know kind of having that contentious family but moment. she doesn't have
1: like a real reason for why she never went to know just that it doesn't suit
0: and Melanie's like you Guys, visit battlefields all over the South, but you can't come to New York to visit me. And uh, Melanie lets know that she's engaged and shows them the ring. And back in New York City, Candace Bergen is grilling Patrick Dempsey. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, and she's trying to dictate the wedding and she wants a long engagement. and Well, a long engagement I kind of get because they had only been dating great months. Exactly, and that was her thing. And Patrick's like, we're actually, we're thinking Ireland at Christmas. like." But also like, if you're getting married in
1: New York City, you're going to have like a two-year engagement.
0: Then that's her thing. She's like, you know, we can get the plaza, but not until, yeah. you know, like a year from now. And that's probably only because she's the mayor. Right. So then we get to uh, Alabama the next day. Melanie is driving into town and talking to her divorce lawyer on the phone about Options like he's not signing the papers. What can I do? And she runs into an old friend, Bobby Ray, who's played by Ethan Embry, which he's been in quite a few things. But you know him <laughs> most recently from Grace and Frankie. He plays Coyote on Grace and Frankie. He's on Grace and Frankie. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I love him. He's so yeah. He's so great. Yeah. He was like a '90s guy. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. He was in a lot of rom coms in the '90s. So they're discussing how like Bobby Ray is still single. You know, working with tire factory. Yada yada yada. So she goes into the bank, and the security guard is scared of her and leaves. <laughs> so you can really tell she. Reca- she, she made a mark. Yeah, she really <laughs> did a lot to Pigeon Creek. She doesn't recognize the bank teller Dorothea because she lost 110 pounds. Well, I know. So she congratulates her. Dorothea is now married to Wade and she's like, You don't have an ATM. And Dorothea's like, Well, it's because we would lose personal contact with the customers. And Melanie is like, Yeah, that would be tragic. <laughs> If that happened. And she's like, I need to get some money out. And Dorothea goes, oh, from your joint account with Jake? And she's like, why, yes, I do. So we're back at Jake's and he flies in on the plane. Wait,
1: did Reese Witherspoon know that she had a joint bank account open
0: with him? She did. Yeah. She just, I guess I kind of forgotten about it or wasn't planning on doing that. And then Dorothea was like. Helpfully suggesting. Yeah. She was like, you know, (laughs) you still have a bank account with Jake. So, Rebecca Jake's, he flies in and lands on, you know, the lake, walks in the house, and Melanie has fixed it all up, right? There's new furniture, there's new appliances. She's cleaned it up and put out like little knickknacks and decorations and made it look all nice. And she's cooking dinner. And the last straw was when he opens the fridge and says, What is this? Chick food? It was just light beer. It wasn't like quinoa and tofu. Right. It was just light beer. Also, food doesn't have a gender.
1: So, <laughs> that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say anyway. True. But um, this was 2002. 2002. Yeah. yeah. I was dating this guy this one time and he came over and he looked in my fridge and it was like salad ingredients and diet coke and he was like this is the most single girl fridge i've ever seen
0: that's true it's kind of like that's kind of a 90s supermodel fridge like lettuce and diet coke all i needed was some cigarettes to like top it off did you have freezer cigarettes at the time i I don't know i don't know if i was smoking at the time
1: be curious to know freezer cigarettes okay erica's (laughs) Let me just explain that really quick. I am a reformed smoker, and so sometimes I would buy cigarettes, but only like want them for like a night when I knew that I was going to go out and drink. So I would put them in the freezer mm-hmm. so to, to preserve, preserve them. between nights of drinking. But I haven't, I haven't smoked. I have not smoked in the year of 2020. That's impressive that you've made it through quarantine without a single cigarette. I know. There are times when I've wanted one, but I, something that I've realized now and like, hopefully I'll get to the point where I can do this with junk food is the only time that I want a cigarette is when I'm drinking and my hangovers are so much worse. Mm. And I know that it's going to be so much worse. So Mm -hmm. I can like play Mm -hmm. the tape out and be like, you don't, you want one right now, but you're going to feel like shit tomorrow.
0: Yes. That's fair. If only I could do that with pizza and cheese fries. I mean, no, you have to have something. <laughs> um, so freezer make... cigarette. <laughs> you thought I'd forgot, didn't you? That was a throwback. That was one of the very first things I learned about Lucy was that she kept freezer cigarettes. <laughs> that <doesn't> do it. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That makes it not weird. <laughs> That does it for the same exact reasons. That just makes us both weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're at Jake's and he's like whatever you want to spend all your money fixed up my house go for it and she's like oh but honey I thought you said it was our money and you know oh, okay I,
1: yeah because I was wondering what the yeah, point of this was. yeah and
0: he realizes what's happening and so they fight and she goes why do you have all that money in that bank account anyway and like why did you quit the tire factory and he says gets in her face and says I don't ask you about your boyfriend keep your nose out of my life and she's kind of like how did you know and right he's like
1: well, because a couple of things are happening there. Number
0: one, is he unemployed? No, but we will find out what's going on later. Okay. At this point, we don't know. But no, he's not unemployed. Okay. Number two, whatever has happened between them, he's been keeping tabs on her. Yes. Yes. So
1: that's revealing.
0: Yes. He says, just because I talk slow don't mean I'm stupid. <laughs> Which people down here do talk slow. But no, they're not dumb. So slow. Like, <laughs> I used to work. They do a lot of things slow. Thank you. They do everything <laughs> slow. Like, I've I've had to learn that, like... It is a lot. Everything is happening slowly. And I've gotten used to that, but we used to, I used to work at this bank when I first moved down here and we had this one customer that would call and he talked and he always wanted to talk to me because he's like, you're so helpful, which is a nice compliment, but he used to talk so slow. I would be like I just want to pull the words out of your mouth. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like rough. get to the point. Yeah. You just like I won't be offended. We don't need to talk about how yeah. our families are doing. Don't check in with me like what do you need? I'm happy yeah. to help you. I'm at work. This is my job. Right. But the and the thing is, but is he was that, so nice. Like like how did like how do you say that when he's like right. genuinely the nicest person?
1: Right. 100% they're nice and also like something that I really had to learn when I was in college was like they are slow, but the reason that I am fast is because I thought that life had to be really fast yes. and if things yes. didn't get done right now yes. it was going to negatively affect my life yes. and then when I moved to Baton Rouge everyone moved really slow and was okay like to yes. the point that I didn't get a book in college that I needed for an exam and mm-hmm. my professor was like well you'll take the exam when you get the book you yeah. know like it, like they don't let it negatively impact yes. their lives so yes. there's no reason to move fast and no. then you're like oh alright well that's cool it, <laughs> No, it,
0: it, it's so true there's definitely more of a feel of like you can just take life as it comes you can just do things in your time and right. when you're ready and there's you know like even when i first moved here i had a boss who'd tell me he's like you can slow down he's like we work to live we don't live to work around here right he's like if it takes you two days to get something done it takes you two days like don't just because i asked you to do something doesn't mean you have to have it done in an hour and i was like oh yeah <laughs> that's so much less stressful <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i somehow still manage to stress myself out over like time and stuff Same. like that no it's it's ingrained but the culture of just like okay it'll yeah. happen when it happens yeah. it's like so much more healthy for my mentality yes it's so great
0: so great and so he's like you know what i got a date i'm gonna wait to sign these divorce papers and have my lawyer sign them. he's like for all i know I, you know i could be signing my life away and um we get to see him changing his shirt to get ready on his date thank you jesus for the gift <laughs> he has is a sick body that is his tanned abs nice yeah he has a date with some rando he does he does so we're at the local bar melanie's getting ready to walk in and andrew calls her and he's like what is that noise and she goes it's the sound of my past for the rest of you it's just country music that's, that's all it was <laughs> he's questioning what is that noise it's just like honky-tonk country music. Breaky, yeah. it's just like honky-tonk coming out of the bar is have all you ever is. heard a song Magic right <laughs> like, um like, i feel like they play country music in new york they probably have country <laughs> yeah. radio stations yeah they do <laughs> But so he knows that she's
1: in Alabama. Yes. Okay. Yes. But does he know? He doesn't know why. Okay. So he doesn't He's... know about like, so him and his mom are both kind of in the dark about her sorted Southern yes. past. Yes. He, she, okay.
0: He thinks that she's going to like tell her parents face to face about the engagement. Not that she's going down there to try to get a divorce.
1: Okay. So if that's me, I'm like, number one, why haven't I met your parents? Correct. Number two, why am I not going with Correct. you? Okay. <laughs> I,
0: yes. I concur. I'm right there with Red you. Flags. Red flags. Red flags. So we learned that Jake's mom owns the bar, owns the roadhouse, and they have like a really nice reunion. You know, she's like, so glad you're here. She's being very understanding about the divorce. She's like, no, congratulations on the engagement. And his mom's actually really nice. And um, she runs into some more old friends, including Lerlin, who was there with her baby, because and I quote, this one's on the tit, so I can cart him anywhere, <laughs> which is again an unfortunate <laughs> southern stereotype. We don't take our babies into bars. That is illegal down here, I too, just never, like it is other
1: places. I have never one time seen a yeah no here or anywhere i don't think
0: no because it's illegal like (laughs) when they say you have to be 21 you have to be 21 they don't let infancy doesn't count yeah they don't let children into bars so melanie interrupts jake's date (laughs) of course why wouldn't you
1: um (laughs) he was on a date to that that same yeah
0: yeah i guess it's probably like the only
1: place in town probably yeah yeah, it's
0: a small town and she asks why he makes her be mean to him and an embarrassment from all his friends and bobby races the saddest thing he goes we were your friends once too mel Aww. I know. So he's on a date with some woman and she's just like, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. She and- introduces herself. She's like, I'm Jake's Yankee bitch wife, he refuses to divorce. Okay. Like, you know, throws a little a little temper tantrum. And what is the woman's reaction? She's like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So they play pool and Melanie gets very drunk. I understand, though, when I go home to the small town I grew up in (laughs) and I see all those people, I will occasionally imbibe far too much and make an ass out of myself. Um, So they're like all talking and reminiscing. But Jake is like stopping the guys from telling her what he's up to. Career wise. Yeah. And she's like, is it something illegal? Like what? Like what is going on? Right. And he's like, maybe it is. So they relive cool. Jake's glory days when he won the high school football championship.
1: Oh, that's so depressing.
0: It really is. And they're like, remember that, Mel? Like, remember what a good time that was? And she goes, I could never forget. That's the night that Jake got me pregnant. And uh, they're all like, what the fuck? And then because Melanie is in a bad, drunken state, she also lets the cat out of the bag that Bobby Ray is gay.
1: Wow. OK, so so far, I am not Reese Witherspoon's biggest fan. She's really movie.
0: behaving really poorly up until this point. She's not. She's not doing great. Um. So Stella, Jake's mom, cuts her off. She's like. Good call. You've had enough. I
1: probably should have done that a couple drinks ago,
0: but okay. yes She goes off on small town life and how like what's wrong with all you country people and there's so much more out there. You know, your lives are so pathetic. Oh my god. Right? Like, like don't do that. The writers did get that part right
1: <laughs> about Yankees <laughs> thinking that.
0: Yes, like, yes. Why don't you fuck right off? I'm fine. E- exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so Jake like takes her out and drives her home. She... <laughs> the way you just said that,
1: like he takes her out, like oh he
0: shot her. <laughs> oh no, but he does like pick her up he and like her carry out her out. Bar. He's like you gotta go, um, and he drives her home. She pukes in his truck. Ooh. I puked on a boyfriend once. It was New Year's Eve and we'd had way too much to drink. We were at a friend's house and I turned to him and I was like, I don't feel so good. Just peeped all over him. (laughs) We dated for like another year after that. So he was was clearly fine. (laughs) (laughs) Love is love. Right? So Jake takes her home and uh, the next morning she wakes up and there are signed papers on the edge of her bed. He left the signed divorce papers.
1: Yikes. I would feel so awful. Like I must have been such a disaster
0: last night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she looks it and you can tell she feels like shit. Yeah. So her dad is going off to a Civil War reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, people need a passport to come down here. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sure. Yes. And he goes, history's history. There's no use sweeping it under the rug. <laughs> so she goes to Jake's and tells him that she put the money back in his account. And he's like, thanks. It'll make it easier to sell. He's like, I've been spending a lot of time up around Tuscaloosa. She, right? She thanks him and he's getting ready to leave in the plane and he's like, you want to come with me and like see what I'm doing? And she's like no I like no and he's like she goes I can't he goes you can't or you won't and she's like both so she goes to the Carmichael plantation so this is a real place in Greenville Alabama is the Carmichael plantation at least in this movie I should say I didn't research if it was a real place actually in Greenville Alabama but in this movie it is because she's claiming to be part of that she's claiming to be a Carmichael and she goes there to see Bobby Ray because he is a Carmichael and she's outed him. Yes. After she's outed him. So uh, Bobby Ray and his grandfather, Colonel Murphy, are blowing up anvils. Because apparently it was something. And I should have looked this up too, but I didn't because I don't know really necessarily care. So apparently <laughs> when the Confederacy was trying to figure out how to like protect that part of Alabama or whatever, mm-hmm. they got this bright idea that if they put a bunch of gunpowder under an ammo, it would make like some sort of projectile. Mm-hmm. And like all it did was manage to shoot it into the air before it came crashing right back down. <laughs> so they, they recreate. That now for tourists. So that's what they're doing at the Greenville plantation or at the Carmichael plantation is, uh, is recreating this act of stupidity for the tourist. She apologizes to Bobby Ray for outing
1: him. I mean, you could make the argument that any Confederacy reenactment is a reenactment of stupidity. It's fair. Yeah. yeah. Like anything that they did. <laughs> Just chilling.
0: Well, there it is. It is funny. At one point, <laughs> Colonel Murphy, aka Bobby Ray's grandpa, is like coming out of the bathroom and he's trying to like button his uniform back up and he's like, all oh, these goddamn buttons. No wonder we loss of war (laughs) he's having trouble yeah
1: when they filmed cold mountain renee zellweger was like i I can't pee in this everything
0: is period i cannot go to the bathroom (laughs) yes like i can imagine and he tells her he's like you didn't just leave jake he goes you ran out on all of us just sad yeah this is the second time that someone has said something like that to yeah me. yeah that like you weren't just leaving right you screwed us too yeah like you thought you were just leaving jake and whatever sad life the two of you were making but you were really you really left everybody so she goes to leave and candace bergen's assistant shows up he's taking pictures he pretends to be from the new york post hmm. that he's wanting to write a story on melanie carmichael hmm. and um so she's like okay i'll take you on a quick tour but she knows nothing about the house <laughs> and she has to avoid the staff because like Clearly she she's, she's not, not supposed to be right. there. So she like I don't know her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so she hides him in a closet and pretends that it's because of the House Department Underground Railroad and that the house is also haunted. <laughs> And he's like, what? So, Bobby Ray runs into her, and he's, he, like, catches- she's,
1: she's getting all the hits in there. She, she really <laughs> is. Everything you need in a ghost
0: Yes. House. And, um, so, Bobby Ray runs into her, and he's like, what are you coming out of the closet for? <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, this is, you know, so-and-so from the New York Post wanting to do a story on me. Melanie Carmichael, because I'm marrying the mayor's son. And so, Bobby totally covers for her, pretends that they're cousins. He gives the tour, because obviously, he knows the house. Wow, even after she yeah. outed him. Yeah. So, they they make up and their friends again. So later that day, she goes to the catfish festival in town. Delicious, yeah, which I love. When I, I grew up in a town that used to have a carp festival, but it was slightly different.
1: Our town was shad. What does that mean? It's kind of like a salmon,
0: I think. But the point is, why do you have to have a big fish festival every year? Well, ours (laughs) was, because you can't, like, you can't, well, at least we didn't eat the carp. Our carp festival was because many, many years ago, Bean Creek flooded the town. And when the water receded, there was, like, dead carp all over the streets. So we have a festival every summer honoring that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a weird thing to honor I'm not uh, getting some of the details wrong. <laughs> but if, you, if you're from that small town in you know that. what it is. I guess, just remind me. But I feel like those are the high points. Um, <laughs> So she sees Lurlin and apologizes to her for, you know, like all the ugly things she said about small town living. And then Lurlin lets her hang out for the rest of the day with her and her kids. So they've taken the kids to like the petting zoo part of the festival and they're, you know, watching them feed the goats or whatever. And Lurlin lets it slip that Jake actually went to New York City a year after Melanie left and realized that just an apology wouldn't work so he's been trying to conquer the world ever since. And Melanie's like, "Oh, that's why he kept sending the papers back." And she was like, "Yeah." So maybe we haven't gotten here
1: yet. I'm still confused as to what went wrong in their marriage. Like he was just kind of a drunk and a slob.
0: We'll learn this here in a minute. Oh okay. no, we haven't. We haven't totally understand why she left. Okay, what, Not like, that that's
1: not a good reason to leave your husband.
0: No, but we don't know like the event that was the catalyst to right. her being like, "Okay, I'm done. Fuck this. I need a new life." Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm
1: assuming she had a miscarriage.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. So the whole gangs of the catfish festival that night, like Bobby Ray comes over and they're like, you know whatever it's cool man like so he's back in the gang even though he's gay now (laughs) which again i feel like is an unfortunate southern stereotype that immediately southern men would be like oh you're gay we can't be friends anymore like that's not at least in my experience that's that's not a thing um my friends unfortunately in my experience
1: my gay friends in the south had a harder time with their parents than my gay friends in the north
0: I don't doubt that like with their parents. I'm just saying from like a friendship standpoint. Like like yeah, like Bobby Ray thought he was going to be like out of the group and they were like no dude you're still our friend. Yeah.
1: Friendships I wouldn't say one way or the other that any group had it more difficult. Yeah, um, Yeah, that
0: hasn't been my experience but, down here.
1: But families I it, it is kind of I'm, I'm well.
0: I mean, that I can see just from the stereotype that we are tend, the people down here tend to be like more religious and yeah. that sort of thing. It, that is yeah. true. But I mean, you're religious. It's the Bible belt. I know, but not everyone's my kind of religious where they love people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not Everyone's not giant dicks all the time. <laughs> not, not everyone has actually read their Bible and has a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> well, well, this isn't a, this isn't a Jesus podcast, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, I love throwing the shade. <laughs> I love it when I you, think you just love it that I throw to at other Christians. I do. They're not nice. They're no, not they're nice. not nice. And, I and love it
1: when you call them godless heathens. And that's not <laughs> They're not nice. They,
0: they are. I mean.
1: Not that's the, like the that's like the number one thing. Like you should be a nice person, and yes. that's not nice. Yes, it's yeah. And just, then you can't say that you are part of that group.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I from a personal standpoint, for me, it just makes it harder because people, if they hear I'm a Christian, they immediately assume right, exactly. that I like that exactly, and that's not the that's case. That's not right that's, either. That's yeah, unfair. So you know, they're like drinking and hanging out, and Melanie says that the glass she's drinking out of is really beautiful, and it is. It's, it's a pretty glass, and she's like, oh, she's like, I wonder if you can get this deep south glass in New York, and the whole crew was like, hey, Jake, where can she? she get this deep south glass so we kind of get the hint that maybe like he owns the company or has something to do with that because he's like shut up i don't know where she can buy it
1: (laughs) okay so he's a glass blower now
0: Apparently. Okay. So uh Sweet Home Alabama comes on, like the band starts playing that, and Lurlyn asks Jake to dance and she's like, you know, Clint, my husband, you know, can't dance for shit. And so Clint comes up to Melanie and he's like, I can dance. She just can't keep time. And so Melanie's like, Okay, show me. Like, and they go out and dance. And they dance past Jake and Lurlyn and Melanie's like, I don't know, he's pretty good, Lurlyn, like maybe it's you, you know, just kinda <laughs> being jokey. So she's like, Oh the hell you say. So Lurlyn and Clint go off and dance, husband and wife, and Jake's like, Hey, do you wanna dance? And Melanie's like, No, like refuses <laughs> to do it. Right. So, uh later that night, Melanie goes to the pet cemetery to b- visit Bear, which is the dog that died. Oh right and she has she like cries and just kind of lets it all out you know like i bet you sat around wondering what you did wrong because you were always there for me and like yeah, when everything probably, went bad you were just really like a big you. old pillow and jake shows up and you know they kind of start talking she goes new york is so great and i love it there but then i come down here and this fits too and jake says well you can have roots and wings mel
1: and also that's kind of fucking new since you spent the past two days shitting all over <laughs> exactly, everyone here,
0: exactly and jake said he still goes out to the shore when the storms come in you know like they used to when they were kids and they kind of just start discussing like all the what ifs in life like what if melanie hadn't gotten pregnant like what if she hadn't lost the baby and jake was like i thought that baby would be an adventure but then i realized that it was your only adventure like it would have been your only adventure so i guess mother nature just knew better and she was like you know i felt so ashamed because i was relieved when it happened she's like so i just Mm. had to get out of here because she goes all of a sudden one day i just need a brand new life so
1: okay (laughs) i yes just confused (laughs) I don't know. It seems like everyone could have handled that entire situation a lot better. A million percent. <laughs> like there's Like so if I were her, I could see being relieved because my husband is a drunken slob and I'm supposed <laughs> to have a baby with him and he doesn't know how to get his shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's totally fair. <laughs> so Melanie and Jake kiss. And then he tells her to go home. So the next morning she's fighting with her mom about, like, leaving and, you know, just all this stuff. And so her mom's like, well, at least go to the battlefield and say goodbye to your dad before you leave. (laughs) So she heads to the reenactment field. Meanwhile, while this is going on, Andrew, a.k.a. Patrick Dempsey, a.k.a. her fiancé, is headed to the Carmichael Plantation. Like, he's come down to Alabama to surprise her, as one would assume. And he's
1: fully expecting to find, like, her entire family there.
0: Yeah, because she's Melanie Carmichael. So he arrives there just as Jake is getting there, because Jake has come to, you know, see Bobby Ray. And He's like, I'm looking for Melanie. And Jake's like, my Melanie? Well, doesn't Jake know who he is? Because he knows... No, So she knows, that's the where this part kind of gets a little confusing, or like Because he made a reference they, to they her just, boyfriend, or something. Right, so like, apparently he knows that she was engaged or dating, but, but didn't know to who. It. And so at the same time, Jake says Melanie Smooter, uh, Patrick Dempsey says Melanie Carmichael, and he's like, oh, I guess we're looking for two different Melanies. And Jake's like, yeah, I guess. Because, you know, in his head he's going, there's no Melanie Carmichael. Right. Like, so I guess we are looking for two different people. And Bobby's like, oh, shit. <laughs> when he sees this happen, and Jake introduces himself as another cousin to Melanie. So Jake agrees to take Andrew to the battlefield to see Melanie and her dad. And on the drive there, Andrew's like, who's Melanie Smooter? Like, who are you talking about? <laughs> and so he tells Andrew all about Melanie Smooter, a.k.a. Felony Melanie, and how she blew up the bank when she was 10 years old, because so she became a local legend. <laughs> so apparently what happened She blew is, up the whole damn bank? Yeah, so apparently what happened was their friend Eldon, his cat had cancer. And so being 10-year-old kids, they thought that when the vet said it needed to be put down, that it was going to be put in one of those chambers that sucked its lungs out, <laughs> as little kids will think things like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they'll just make up random like what they think things are. And so Melanie couldn't stand to see that happen. So they went out to where they were doing some blasting by the new highway and stole a stick of dynamite and strapped it to the cat's back to blow it up. So it would die more humanely.
1: In an, an explosion. <laughs> in
0: an explosion. So they did 30 feet of fuse just to be on the safe side. And then they lit it and ran away. So they're in the diner like feeling pretty bad about themselves. And the cat comes trotting down the road still with the dynamite stuck to its back. <laughs> (laughs) So apparently when the fuse hit the cat's tail, the cat obviously like took off like a rocket into the bank. The cat did wiggle free. They still see the cat around town. It won't come near people anymore, but they still see the cat around town. And she blew up the whole bank. And so Andrew was like, oh my God, what happened to her? Like she sounds like quite a girl. And Jake was like, she was, until she married some loser right out of high school and got pregnant. Mm -mm. I know, so sad. So they're at the battlefield and Melanie's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? And then Melanie's father introduces himself to Andrew as Earl Smooter. And Andrew's like, wait, Yeah, Melanie Smooter and Jake goes you and I are in love with two different women like even though it's the same person they they got two different versions of Melanie and he walks away so Andrew has now put two and two together Melanie admits that Jake was her husband and at first Andrew is like you married your cousin and she's like no Jake's not my cousin like he just said he was you know whatever So Andrew leaves. Melanie tries to stop him. So back at her parents' house, she's feeling pretty bad about herself, and she's helping her mom make jam. And her mom says something that I think is just maybe a good point that we could stick with. She goes, these plums, like the almost ruined ones, make the sweetest jam. Who makes plum jam? I don't know. That's not a jam
1: people eat. This lady.
0: I just like the point of, like, just because you think you're ruined or something is ruined doesn't right. mean it can't turn out, okay? I'm focusing on the specifics <laughs> You much. really are. I understand the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so, Earl comes home with Andrew, and <laughs> I love this part, too, because her mom says, Oh, well, if I was no one would have had company, I would have put on the dog. And Andrew looks super confused. And this is one thing that I will say happens. We do have our own little sayings here in the South that make sense to no one else. So, <laughs> put on the dog means, like, put on the writs, or, like, I would have made it nice in here. I wouldn't, you know. She's making jam, so the kitchen's a mess. And you can tell Andrew's, like, put on dog
1: like, yeah i've never heard I that
0: so they have a like a nice little reconciliation talk and they decide to get married in alabama so now we're back in new york city and andrew is trying to explain like who she really is to his mom and his mom's like i don't like that she lied right and he's like "Mom, you can't be mad that she was poor you're a democrat for christ's sake and her mom's like, i'm not mad that she was poor like i'm mad that she she's like she's she, right she lied about it right, she's like sketchy right. and she's like i can certainly commend her for making something of herself but she lied about it she's like that's not okay so then we have like the whole montage of wedding planning they decided to get married at the carmichael plantation <laughs> uh, i think this is really stupid <laughs> like okay we'll get married in alabama yeah they, yeah they decided to get married the quiet country wedding is just the ticket i that's She's marrying the son of the mayor of New York and he's like cool with that. This well, he was thinking Ireland at Christmas. He just wants to piss his mom off. That's all that is. Yeah. Um. So it's the weekend of the wedding. Melanie lands in Alabama with two friends. One, they, I don't think they ever really say their names. Maybe a couple times in the movie because they're not really in the movie a whole lot. Well, yeah. uh, but one is a female who was, like, a model, like, her first friend in New York. And then the other is this guy who, like, she used to work for when she first started designing clothes before she had her own line of clothing. So they see an advertisement in the airport for Deep South Glass. And they're like, oh, let's go. So they pull up to Deep South Glass, and she sees Jake's plane on the water. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? So they get in, and it's, like, this beautiful showroom, all this hand-blown glassware. Um, he's selling that thing that happens when lightning strikes sand it makes kind of like this sculpture thing <laughs> so he's selling those but he didn't make them he's just going out and collecting them and selling them yes essentially yeah like i could go find them well also yeah yes <laughs> um So, anyway, and so the female model is like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And Melanie's like, she goes, that's what happens when lightning strikes sand. And the guy, really loudly across the showroom, says, she's pulling your dick, which obviously offends all of the southern ladies. But I also thought it was funny that she, he told a woman that her dick was getting pulled because I'm like, maybe she's like Lucy. And she has a teeny tiny penis in there. I bet that girl jerks off too. Right? So uh, Jake <laughs> comes down the stairs and he's like, you know, you guys should stick around and have lunch. Like it's nice that's how I Go sit on the patio. And he just kind of acts like he barely knows her. You know, she's like, Jake, yeah, like, why I is he being such a? Like, why you tell me? <laughs> he is. He is. So meanwhile, some old man in Pigeon Creek is looking for Mel. And so he steps in the diner like, hey, I'm looking for Melanie Carmichael. And everyone is like, oh, we don't know who that is. And then as soon as he leaves, Wade, the sheriff, turns to Dorothea his wife, and he goes, freaking reporters. And she goes, from, like the first Anna to picnic. So that's they think he's like a reporter, which is why they're not telling him where she is and what's going on so also because she doesn't exist correct but but they do know that melanie smooter is melanie carmichael at this point so we're back in mom and dad's trailer and mom is showing her friends like her mini spoon collection um andrew's mom shows up and in a very northern way doesn't know how to handle pearl and earl hugging her she's like oh so sticks her hand out and (laughs) pearl grabs her for a big old hug and she's like uh thank you and pearl's like you know come in i got some fried pickles fresh out of the grease and (laughs) I love fried pickles.
1: I don't. And it's like the weirdest thing because I love regular pickles and I love deep fried things. I just don't.
0: I think they're always too salty. Oh, I can see that. That's fair. Like don't add salt to a friend. Yeah, pickle. Yeah, that's fair. So now we're at Melanie's wedding, uh, she's getting ready, and she's she's just kind of unsure. But her mom convinces her. She's like, you know, he loves you, he can give you a life we never dreamed of. You know, like you're not you're not doing the wrong thing. No, no, no. And so the old man who was looking for her earlier, we learn, is Mr. Buford. He interrupts her as she walks down the aisle, and like security tackles him. She's like, no, 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 let him through. And she's like, Mr. Buford, what are you doing here? And we find out it's her divorce attorney, and she goes like, Jake signed the papers. Why are you here? And he's like, he signed them, but you didn't.
1: Oh wow yeah freudian slip right or whatever so, version of that is
0: so jake's mom hands her a pen and says you know these things don't just happen right and her dad says which is something that i say regularly you can't ride two horses with one ass, sugar bean <laughs> <laughs> it's true so she's standing there and she just can't bring herself to sign so she tells andrew like i gave away my whole heart i never got it back like you shouldn't want to marry me and he's like very okay with it. He just like <laughs> he just like calmly leaves. He's like sure. Yeah, he's like it's fine. Yeah, he's like oh, this is what this feels like. He's like okay, all right. Like excuse me, and he very calmly walks away. All um, right, well, good for him for handling right?
1: that so well, I guess. Uh,
0: Candace Bergen is pissed. I don't know how
1: realistic that is, right? But.
0: For sure. Well, it's okay. His mom makes up for it. She's super pissed, and she's like, you know, go after him and starts calling her names, and she's like, you know, you little bitch. And so Pearl Smooter, Melanie's mom, is like, hold on just a minute. Like she said her piece. Like that's that. Like let it go. And Candace Bergen goes oh, why don't you just go back to your double wide and fry something? Oh my God, right, which rude. is so rude. So then Melanie punches her in the face and says, nobody talks to my mama like that. And her dad, of course, goes, the South rises again. Oh gosh. <laughs> which is just beautiful.
1: Uh, and only 18 years later, we'll all finally reach a conclusion that no one should ever say that again.
0: Correct. <laughs> so it starts to storm and Melanie goes out to the beach where Jake is driving steaks. To, like attract the lightning to make those formation things in the sand. And she's like, Hey, we're still married. And he's like, Why didn't you ever tell me that you came to New York City? And he goes, Because I need to make something out of myself first. And she goes, Well, you, are you about done? So they, you know, <laughs> they kind of bicker in that like I guess loving little coupley bicker way, which stresses me. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> like in, in my relationships, if I date someone who like likes to bicker, I I'm just I'm not about it. Yeah. And so he asks why she wants to be married to him anyway. And she says, So I can kiss you anytime I want, which is what he told her when they were ten years. Years old. So Wade the sheriff comes to get them. He handcuffs them together, takes them to Stella's bar, right? His mom's bar, where everyone is getting a reception together for them because, like, Jake's finally sober enough Mm -mm. to enjoy their reception. And Jake goes, You know, I owe this lady a dance. And they finally have their first dance and they kiss. And then that's it. That's where the movie ends. As the credits roll, you get, like, the photo montage, you know, of her parents coming to NYC and years later them having a daughter and all that cute stuff. I don't know
1: if I buy them being in love and that they should be together. Like, I definitely am on board with her not being with Patrick Dempsey, but I don't know if I am into their relationship enough yet.
0: If you feel like committed yeah. to the Jake and Melanie storyline.
1: Yeah.
0: One, I don't think after not seeing or speaking for seven years in one weekend, you decide <laughs> everything's gonna be right. fine. Yeah. You might realize that there's some feelings still there that need to be resolved. Right. There's like a lot of logistics to their lives that they yeah. need to figure out. Yeah. Just the, like practical stuff. That like I mean and this is just kind of the rom com thing. You're just not supposed to right. think about that right. and think right. about that like everything will work out perfectly. Right. You know, so for that reason I I mean I give it a boob. It hits all the rom com high notes. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Love triangle, make up breakup fights. Mm-hmm. You know, the couple gets together in the end. Third act twist, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for charities, I just did our love triangle. Uh, so, Reese Witherspoon supports Baby to Baby, the American Cancer Society. And her, as well as her clothing line, Draper James, invest in Girls Inc., which is a nonprofit that supports financial literacy for young women, oh, which is super cool. That. Well, and I just, to me, it makes so much sense when I read that. And I think it's so smart because Reese Witherspoon is really an amazing businesswoman. Mm-hmm. You know, between acting, she has a production company, she has written a book, she has the clothing line, like, she's really, she's very, you know, she's always doing something, and um, she's a very smart businesswoman, so I think, you know, I love that she's passing along those skills and the things that she's learned to other women. Josh Lucas supports the Afghanistan Relief Organization for the Racism Foundation, which is an anti-violence initiative that falters cultural diversity to eradicate racism. So, Patrick Dempsey is an ambassador of Breakaway for Cancer, and he donated $250,000 to toward a cancer center uh, for the hospital in Lewiston, Maine, in 2008. It's called the Patrick Dempsey Center for Cancer, Hope, and Healing because his mom was successfully treated for ovarian cancer at that hospital. Oh, wow. I know. That's so cool. On to me. It's your turn, boo. I'm so excited to hear about Dirty Dancing. (laughs) Okay. So. Dirty Dancing. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited because all I know about Dirty Dancing is I've had the time of my life. That's a big part of it. And that Jess, a new girl, watches it every time she gets broken up with. That checks
1: out. Yeah. so, Dirty Dancing, I think I saw it, for some reason, like fifth or sixth grade is really standing out to me, Okay, which, by the way, is too young. I was going to say,
0: isn't that a little young? Yes. Dirty?
1: Okay. Yes. My babysitter let us watch it, and that was a big mistake. Did she get fired after that? No, she did not. She <laughs> babysat us for like two more summers, probably. Um, And yeah, it was just, it was not... Uh, <sighs> I mean, it was a wonderful choice because I love Dirty Dancing. Right, right. Um, but <laughs> Kevin Smith made a movie called Jersey Girl and in it, Ben Affleck plays a widower uh-huh. and he has a young daughter and they go to the video store and Ben Affleck has to make a rule that they can't rent Dirty Dancing anymore. <laughs> and my dad, like I'm convinced that Kevin Smith overheard me and my dad in a Blockbuster once.
0: <laughs> For those of you who don't know, blockbusters is place where you have to go <laughs> to rent well, before DVDs, VHS. VHS, and then DVDs, because you didn't use to be able to stream stuff online. Yeah.
1: So it's an important movie in my life. It was directed by a man named Emil Ardorlino, who actually passed in the early 90s of complications of AIDS. Oh, wow. Um, it was written by a woman named Eleanor Bergstein, and it stars Jennifer Grey and the late, great Patrick Swayze. It cost an estimated $6 million, and it made $217 million.
0: Wow. Yeah. That so, a lot of, that's a lot of money now, really, for a movie to do, but especially right. back then. Right. So,
1: worked out great for the studio. Yeah. yeah. And there's,
0: with movies like this, it's a classic.
1: Ish, you know, I mean, it's not like you know, Citizen Kane or anything, but it's yeah. like, you know, and there's a lot of like lore like that goes into movies like mm-hmm, this that have mm-hmm. been around for so long. And I don't know if this is true or not, but some things on the internet said that the original cut that they made of the movie didn't work, and the focus groups like really were not responding to it at all, and they were like, Interesting. "This is going to be a disaster." Yeah, and then it ended up being super successful. So this movie also has a phenomenal soundtrack. <laughs> the opening credits are black and white shots of people dancing up on each other, which like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're
1: like okay I guess this is the movie <laughs> um, and, it's there. To, yeah. and it's to be my baby by the Renettes people think of it as an 80s movie which it really super duper is but it's set in the 60s actually so um, oh I yeah. didn't know that so after the credits we hear big girls don't cry
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> Baby Houseman played by Jennifer Grey is telling us that like this is the summer that's gonna like change her life she's in a car with her family which is her mom her dad who she's super close with and her older sister Lisa and they're on their way to Resort in the Catskills called Kellerman's, and actually comedians, I think, still to this day, refer to those places as the Borscht Belt. And in the excuse me,
0: (laughs) Borscht like
1: Russian food, yeah, okay. In the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, they go to a extremely similar summer getaway, and it's just like these (laughs) Jewish families would just like go to the Catskills (laughs) in the mountains every summer. They get to Kellerman's. Lisa gets out of the car and immediately starts complaining that she left a pair of shoes behind, and her dad, Dr. Hausman. played by Jerry Orbach aka oh, wow. yeah long order and lumiere
0: oh yes yeah. yes yeah.
1: and the mom is actually the mom from Gilmore girls i'm i'm sorry the mom is the grandmother from gilmore girls it's lorelei's mom
0: okay i was like yeah <laughs> Graham would have been young
1: <laughs> i obviously don't watch gilmore girls <laughs>
0: so i don't either but i still i know i knew that Laura grandma right. is the mom yeah. and i'm like she would have been like jennifer gray's <laughs> age in this movie yeah. that doesn't work
1: so Dr. Houseman kind of starts giving Lisa the, like, there are starving babies in Africa speech. <laughs> and, uh, right.
0: Your shoes are not the end of the world.
1: Right. And Baby joins in and is like, yeah, and these other things. She said earlier that she wants to join the Peace Corps. So we know that Baby's kind of an activist.
0: No, Is her name Baby or her nickname is Baby? She
1: says this was the summer before Kennedy died and when everyone still called me Baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. OK. So it's a nickname. Mm. They're greeted by Max Killerman, owner of Killermans. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like oh it's good you're here for some r&r you'll have a great time we have a bunch of organized fun and the next scene is that this like resort wide congo line which is like my personal health i mean
0: i wouldn't mind it so much now because i could drink but I think when I was younger,
1: <laughs> yeah, would not be fun.
0: Like it's like when growing up, we used to go camping all the time as a family because mm-hmm. my dad said it was like family bonding and family fun. And my brother was like, nobody had fun. Erica bitched the whole time. <laughs> like nobody was enjoying themselves. And I was like, just doing my part.
1: Every family needs one. Like they, they all, they young. all
0: went camping this summer during COVID and really? they were like, yeah, they're like, you're going to go. And I was like, fuck no. no. Uh, yeah. What like, I, do that? I love you all. I will see you some other time. <laughs>
1: So the Congo line in this like dance class is being led by this cute blonde woman that we will see quite a bit more of. Later that evening, baby's kind of exploring the grounds and she basically happens upon like a pre-shift meeting for the wait staff in the dining room. And Max is like giving them a speech and he says, this is a family place. So naturally, I expect you to hit on all the daughters, even the dogs, he says. And he's going on and on about all the things that they can do, even with the ugly girls. When in walks... <sighs> Mr. Johnny Fucking Castle himself, <laughs> Patrick Goddamn Swayze, and a shirt so tight you can see his veins. Nice. He's wearing these Ray Bans, and he just looks so fucking cool. And he like he's late, and he doesn't care, and he's just. He's just so cool. I feel like people aren't... I can't think of one like celebrity right now that I would be like, you're just so naturally, effortlessly cool like that.
0: Oh, that's fair. Yeah.
1: Don't make him like that anymore. So Max is like, hang on a second. You specifically do not take the daughters out. <laughs> Keep your hands off the daughters. Teach them dances because you're the dance instructor, which is how we learned that. But that's it. Do not fucking touch them.
0: Don't get them pregnant.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> we learned that Johnny's the resort's dance teacher. Okay. He may have a history of being a little handsy.
0: I don't think you become a dance teacher to not be handsy. Put your hands on people. Yeah. Or women or others.
1: <laughs> so another waiter is kind of teasing him and is like, oh, you think you can do that, Johnny? And Johnny says that the other waiter should keep his pickle on his plate and leave the hard stuff to Johnny. So there's something sketchy about either one or both of these people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, they're definitely like horn dogs,
1: Right. <laughs> I'm more willing to be like, oh, Patrick Swayze might be less sketchy. Might be the good guy just because, Fair. like, yeah, he's just beautiful, you want, yeah, yeah, but you want. I have no other empirical right. evidence, they both seem like scumbags at this point Great. in the movie. Later that night, the guy who made the comment to Johnny is the houseman's waiter, and he pretty much gets started right away hitting on Lisa. Max introduces the housemans to his grandson Neil, and they're clearly trying to set him up with baby. Gotcha. Later that night, they're dancing, and Dr. Houseman has said, Baby's going to Mount Holyoke in the fall,
0: gotcha. And
1: Neil's like, Oh, are you gonna major in English? Which is like, I think Mount Holyoke is one of the seven sisters. So like, why would you assume that I'm majoring? In? Like, it's just such a patronizing question. Like, okay. oh, are you getting your teaching degree? And she's like, actually, no, I'm going to study world economies and like fucking, you know, third world countries or whatever. And he says, oh, I'm going down to Mississippi with the Freedom Riders, which is like, he's obviously lying. <laughs> But the weird thing is, I don't know why this happened, and I didn't see it happen literally anywhere else in the world. But it happened in London. They made it like a stage show. Okay. Yeah, like they made dancing a stage show. Yeah, like they made it like a like their version of a Broadway show. Okay. And it, it was not good, obviously. Okay. I mean, it was a fun experience, but it wasn't like good. But then when they made it like the show, for, there was like a subplot about like the civil rights movement, which okay is that a subplot in the movie it's not and, okay and it made it so much worse i was like this is already not gonna be good you're making it <laughs> there was like a at one point when they did like a drum circle singing like this little light of mine or like he's got the whole world in his hands or like maybe even kumbaya i can't remember like one of those and i was like what is this like it didn't
0: add anything of
1: value yeah, to the show yeah. it was really stupid
0: and not to nitpick too much but if this is a getaway for jewish families those songs were specifically about jesus <laughs> i didn't think about that <laughs> so they wouldn't sing those they at can't. no they
1: would not so this is like after dinner and they're in like the entertainment portion like they're dancing and johnny and the blonde woman from before come in and they do some ballroom dancing <sighs> everything penny wears in this movie that's the blonde woman she like everything she wears i'm like want it all and it's like <laughs> the shit it's like like You know how Dolly Parton is like, yeah, I always thought that hookers like looked really because they were always wearing like sparkly. Like that's 100% like my taste and shit. (laughs) Like it's oh, it's covered in glitter. Like I definitely want it. So (laughs) Neil obviously hates Johnny and Penny in like a very classist way. But baby's super into it, which like, duh. Patrick Swayze is fully clothed and he's in this kind of like costumey ballroom dancing tux. But you could just tell that he's got a sick bod. But actually, I didn't know this until just now when I was doing these notes, but he wore a girdle. Shut up. Yeah. For the I mean, the parts in this movie that is not shirtless, I guess, but he's shirtless a
0: lot. But yeah. Why would he wear a girdle if he's going to be shirtless? You know like, what I mean? Clearly like, like you you're don't mean hiding it. anything. Yeah. Right, right. Like
1: yeah. I don't know. I guess he felt like he did. Interesting. I know. He didn't. He was wrong. He looks beautiful. But um Yeah, so later that night, baby's walking the grounds, which like it's a resort in the mountains in like dark night. Like sixty three was before like the seventies serial killers. So <laughs> And you can tell, like, a woman would never do that alone. Right.
0: Walk in the woods at night by herself in the pitch black.
1: Right. There's a sign that says staff quarters don't enter. And she's like, nah, and walks right past it. Um, I respect it. Do what you want, girl. Yeah. She sees one of the bellboys who helped unpack her car when they arrived. And he's carrying three huge watermelons. And he's like clearly struggling. So she offers to help him carry one. And he's like, no, 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 you can't come where I'm going. And besides, I saw you dancing with Neil. And he starts like making fun of how awkward she was. And she has taken one one of the watermelons from him and then starts to give it back and he's like struggling to hold them anyway. (laughs) And he's like, oh no. You can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh no, no, no. Just kidding. Like you can help me but don't fucking say anything. And then he opens the doors to what is like at that time like probably your worst nightmare if you had teenagers. They're not teenagers. They're all young adults Mm -hmm. but it's a bunch of young people dancing to Do You Love Me just mashing (laughs) pelvises. Like... (laughs) (laughs) grinding pelvises (laughs) grinding genitalia grabbing each other's asses grabbing each other's tits like j- by the handful yeah yeah yeah. and uh i watched a behind the scenes thing once on like one of my several dvds that i have of dirty dancing mm-hmm. um and they said that the scene that scene was really hard to film because the guys all had boners
0: <laughs> I, right like you can't i mean how do you control <laughs> yeah. that
1: the camera kit was like cutting through and was like oh my god steve your boner's in the shot <laughs> so johnny and penny joined the party from where they were just working with the guests and everyone's super excited to see them everybody's loves them they immediately start doing some dirty dancing of their own and baby's like they look so great together and the bell boy says yeah he's my cousin he got me the job here and they do look really great together but they actually haven't been a couple since we were kids then love man by otis redding comes on and patrick swayze <laughs> grinds his way over to where jennifer gray and the bell boy are like he grinds with like a couple different people like just in his path naturally yep and then he's like hey what the fuck is she doing here and the bell boy kind of tries to make it seem like she's his date and jennifer gray goes I carried a watermelon. <laughs> and Johnny's like okay and then just like kind of leaves right. and she winches, winces and she's like I carried a watermelon and I say that internally to myself all the time whenever I do something stupid <laughs> like especially with a guy I like I always like I carried a watermelon as like a blanket statement of like oh, I just did yeah. something
0: embarrassing <laughs> I can't believe I said that
1: he's clearly not a huge fan of her being there but he sees her standing awkwardly and is like beckoning for her to dance with him which she does and it's like 45 seconds of the most awkward hip rolling moves I've ever seen nice and and anyone has ever seen yeah it's awful she's like just getting the hang of it and the song ends and he kind of like spins her away and leaves <laughs> the next day they're having organized fun at a lake and the waiter is back hitting on lisa baby tries to talk to penny and she says were you really a raquette?" and penny says yeah my mom kicked me out at 16 so it was my only option which
0: is kind of like
1: a lot to tell a stranger
0: i also am impressed that being a rockette was her only option right exactly because <laughs> typically when you get kicked out at 16 your only option is like Right, like the like, Rockettes were just there waiting for you. Right, like, I mean, there's a lot of 16-year-olds that lead, assuming... lead really
1: rough lives when they get kicked out. <laughs> right. Like I'm assuming she meant becoming a professional dancer, which then led to me becoming a Rockette was my only
0: option. I mean, better than, like selling drugs or having to become a sex worker like <laughs> that too yeah like your life like I struggled to feel bad for her am I supposed to feel bad for her yes um, oh. Oh. And, and I think as that, of right now no
1: I think that dancing was her only option outside of that's what she means is yeah if I didn't want to like you know be a drug dealer gotcha. or a prostitute okay. Then, okay. then I had to become a professional dancer so then baby says well I envy you and Penny storms off which given what Penny just told her was a stupid thing to say so <laughs> I respect that decision so later that night the housemans are participating in like the dance organized fun baby sees a woman dancing with johnny clearly coogan out on him she's being super duper hands like rubbing her tits all on him and max tells dr houseman that th- that woman is what he calls a bungalow bunny and they're a group of women that are there all the time and their husbands come up on the weekends ah. um and it's just clear what's going on yes neil comes up to patrick swayze and asks where penny is and patrick swayze is kind of defensive and it's like she's taking a fucking break like calm your tits and neil says just as long as it's not an all night break and then he's kind of like come on baby let's go and he sucks baby goes with him and he's trying to put the moves on and she's like oh i should go my parents are probably worried about me and he says they'll be happy if they know you're with me i'm like a total catch around here yeah and baby literally says sure you are
0: (laughs) it's so gross yeah
1: then they see lisa and the waiter robbie like coming out of the woods where they were obviously like necking and robbie took it too far and they're arguing and neil says i'm sorry you had to see that Sometimes in life, you see things you don't want to see,
0: like... How deep of you? Well, and like, way to mansplain an argument. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, what are you even talking about? uh The amount of times that I, some guy has said something and I'm supposed to be impressed, I was just like, Ugh, you are the worst. So he's like, oh, are you hungry? And takes her to the big, like, industrial resort kitchen. Mm-hmm. But baby sees Penny and she's like hiding in a corner and she's crying. She's like clearly having an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I should go check on Lisa. And she like gets Neil out. And then she goes and tells the bellboy who tells Johnny. And the three of them go back to the kitchen and get Penny. On the way, baby asks what's wrong like why is she sitting in the dark in the kitchen crying and the bellboy tells her that Penny's knocked up Mm. and baby asks what's he gonna do about it meaning Patrick Swayze and he's like but excuse you it's not fucking mine but thanks a lot for that judgment um
0: I would have assumed
1: that too (laughs) well it maybe isn't so offensive that she assumed it except that she already knows that they're not together okay yeah the bell the cousin already told her that
0: you can be not together yeah. and
1: make babies yeah but I don't know if Johnny knows that she that she knows that anyway too gotcha. so like for okay. him to be that yeah. offensive yeah. that for him to be that offended is like kind of weird anyway because yeah. like she's not saying anything she just thought it was yours yeah but you know whatever <laughs> if I focused on the the things in this movie that maybe didn't make a whole lot of sense it's gonna be a long day so, Johnny picks Penny up off the floor and is like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And he, like, bodyguard carries her out of the kitchen. They go back up to where, like, the staff party was. And Penny's obviously having a meltdown. She says, It's hopeless. And Baby says, Don't say that. There's always a way, which is just so annoying. Like, sometimes just let me be in a bad fucking mood, okay? And Penny's like, You don't know shit about my life. And <laughs> the bellboy is like, Well, I kind of told her that you were knocked up, actually. <laughs> And she says, now she's going to tell Neil, and we're all going to get fired. Why don't you just write, Penny got knocked up by Robbie the Creep? Ooh. And Baby's surprised that it's Robbie's. But before she can kind of recover from that, the bellboy cousin tells her that they could get an appointment with a real doctor, but it costs $250. And... As we know, sometimes my notes slip into stream of consciousness and it says, and it's kind of dawning on me now that this is a really bad time to watch this movie because it was made in the 80s. And I don't know if people thought that we'd be in a situation where this was life again. Baby says that Robbie has $250. Obviously, she knows he has a job and they Mm -hmm. know him a little bit. He's going to college like Mm -hmm. he has $250. So just ask him. Mm -hmm. And Penny says he fucking knows. Uh. And I told you that you can't help me and no one can help me. The next morning, Baby's trying to get Robbie to help Penny and he hands her a copy of The Fountainhead, which is like what Republicans read when they're like poor people should just help themselves Mm. (laughs) poor people should just not be so poor if they want to (laughs) matter and that's basically what he tells baby he says some people matter and some people don't and um, baby pours an entire jug of water down his crotch (laughs) fair yeah and says to stay away from Lisa or she'll have him fired she goes to see her parents on the golf course who are having a hilarious couples fight because Mrs. Houseman is like terrible at golf (laughs) (laughs) and baby says daddy someone's in trouble and he says besides your mother (laughs) And Baby says, you always told me I should try to help if someone is in trouble. So can I have $250? And he's like, what the fuck? Like... And she says, I'm fine, but I can't tell you what it's for. And he says, is it something illegal? And she says, of course not. Again, some kind of more stream of consciousness notes. The crazy thing is the fact that Penny is getting an abortion is not an issue. Everyone around her is like, clearly this is what's happening. Like no one is like against that decision it's just the actual getting of it and the money and it's fucking illegal. Like Mm -hmm. the doctor, you know, but like no one is making the case for her not having an abortion, which is pretty much what abortion rights activists are always saying that it's not going to stop abortions.
0: It's just going to stop legal and safe ones, right? It's It's going to put
1: women in some scary, dangerous, lethal positions. So Dr. Hausman says he'll give her the check later that night. No problem. So later that night, baby's back up at the nightly staff party. Everyone's dancing to stay by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and uh she tells penny and johnny that she has the money Mm. and penny's like how the fuck did you do that and johnny's like yeah it takes a real saint to ask daddy um yeah actually patrick's crazy it takes a lot of fucking balls to go to your dad and say can i have 250 dollars? i can't tell you what it's for p.s it's for an illegal abortion for two people i don't really know that well Mm -hmm. like yeah fuck you Mm -hmm. so (laughs) penny says thanks but she can't use it and the bellboy explains to baby that he could only get her an appointment on Thursday night but thursday nights penny and johnny go to a neighboring resort and they put on a show
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's not funny that that's a real problem but it's funny it's funny because that it's funny
1: because you're starting to be like oh this is the movie yeah so the first time i saw this movie like i said i think i was in the sixth grade and like into my adult life like i understand that it is a cheesy movie you know like citizen Kane. it's not you know it's not a quote-unquote good like cinema yeah but it really wasn't until i was like in my late 20s and i was watching it with this guy i was dating which was really nice of him why was he watching this movie with me i don't know and we're at this part and he started giggling and i was like what and he was like oh this is the this is the movie (laughs) And I was like, this is a movie about a woman who has to learn to dance so another woman can get an abortion and ends up falling in love like... Yeah, it's pretty stupid. So we can all guess where this is going. Baby says, can't someone fill in for you at the Thursday show? And Patrick Swayze says, no, someone else can't fill in. Everybody works here, which is something I also say all the time. I always say it like everybody works here is not like necessarily a movie quote, but I always say it like the exact same way that he says it. When someone with my same exact job (laughs) either tries to act like my boss or act like they have a more important (laughs) job than me, Uh, like all the time. All the time. So he jokingly says like, what? Haha, like you want to do it? And the bellboy's like, it's not a terrible idea. And Baby's like, I can't do that. I don't know how to dance. And Penny says to Johnny that he can teach anyone. And Johnny says, you just heard her say she can't do it. She can't do it. She cannot do it. And Baby gives him the stink eye. And the next scene, he's teaching her how to dance. Right, of course. (laughs) Welcome to
0: Dirty Dancing.
1: (laughs) So Patrick Swayze was actually a trained ballerino, which is something that Molly and I made up.
0: I was going to say I don't think They're I, just think, called I ballerinas. think men are still ballerinas. Are. Yeah, it's not that's not a gender specific term. It's just the term for the yeah. the what they do.
1: So, these scenes were actually probably pretty frustrating for him, which is good because in the movie he keeps getting <laughs> pissed at her. So, it's not reach there's a montage of her trying to learn the steps and technique it's not going great they're bickering they had worked together once before on red dawn and not gotten along
0: interesting yeah and
1: then they had the screen test for this movie and the screen test was really good and even patrick swayze was like i haven't had chemistry like that with someone aside from my wife ever in my life
0: interesting i wonder if it was because they already had the animosity and then this role had to be like in a way similar and so like it just fueled that
1: yeah so when the movie started shooting they were like no we don't like each other again like this can't happen and the director showed or the casting agent or somebody showed them like you guys say this but remember your screen test like that was Mm -hmm. crazy and then Mm -hmm. after that they were like oh yeah i guess we do have some like crazy chemistry Mm -hmm. fine line between love and hate apparently just generally that montage probably wasn't that much of a reach if they were both like bickering and getting annoyed with each other and that is to wipe out and then comes possibly the best montage of any movie ever you have back-to-back montages okay (laughs) i'm fine with that but This one is two hungry eyes and it's just so amazing in the one to wipe out. They were bickering and it was going poorly, but then they're in one of the like rehearsal spaces that they're using. And Patrick Swayze tells Jennifer gray that she has to feel the music and makes, (laughs) makes her feel his heartbeat. And then (laughs) hungry eyes starts playing. And now they're not only not bickering, but they're dancing and falling in love naturally um, there's this famous shot they keep showing again it's like another everything that Penny wears in this she's wearing like black tights and a red leotard and like gold heels and I'm like I want that outfit but <laughs> there's this shot of him and he is like tracing his hand down her arm and every time he gets to her armpit she she giggles and like winces and like can't stop it's just sicklish. and he's getting progressively more and more annoyed and that is dirty dancing lore that's like famously was real <laughs> um like he was just getting annoyed with her there are lots and lots and lots of shots of patrick swayze just sweaty and shirtless and in tight dancer pants with his little bum it's nice yeah they're doing a lot of practicing for the show on thursday and baby kind of like at one point gets a little bit too like into it and patrick swayze's like what the fuck and she's like i'm doing you a huge fucking favor (laughs) asshole and i really don't want to so maybe you should calm down (laughs) And he's like, all right, well, let's, get away for a minute which wouldn't be my first choice I would be like no we need to stay and practice and be good at this <laughs> um, so they get out to his car and he's locked his keys in it so he pulls like a pipe out of the ground that was like a parking space marker Okay, and he bashes his car window in with, with it, it yeah. and like as a woman I'm like oh okay so you're a psycho I'm not going with yeah. you I'm like no Yeah, but of course she's like into it
0: just, they couldn't get in the car uh, and leave anyway there'd be glass all over the seat they had to, to clean it up they do not address that they just get in the car <laughs> like (laughs) yeah it's frustrating to me because nobody wants glass shards in their ass no or not their ass anywhere on my body fair so he takes jennifer
1: gray out to like another remote spot in the woods which they're kind of already in and he tells her how he became a dancer and he just kind of fell into it for lack of a better idea he wasn't like a professional dancer or anything like that they start dancing to hey baby which is something we sing in tiger stadium now i don't know how that happened but it did and i'm a huge fan Um, Except the song says, I want to know if you'll be my girl. And we usually change it to suck my dick
0: whoa okay <laughs> okay we just added ohio to hang on snoopy is all we did at ohio state we aren't suggesting that anyone do anything to our genitals well when you're playing tim tebow okay fair yeah. you need to know okay if he will in fact suck your dick i think the answer is no
1: yeah i don't think he did uh, <laughs> that would be breaking news they're like dancing on a log above this creek balancing kind of cute so then they're trying to do the lift which is like the iconic dancing yeah they're trying it in a field and not getting it which is much like the experience that I had at my friend's house one fall a couple of years ago okay I am friends with this couple who are fantastic and their birthdays and their wedding anniversary are all around the same time so they would have like a fire pit around the same time every year and one year I just got super drunk at one and was like to one of our other friends who was there I was like let's do the lift I don't know why I started thinking that that was a good idea yeah that feels wrong yeah so i tackled at least once in nice. an attempt to do nice. and then my friend stepped in but we tried to do it for so long that everyone was like they're not gonna do it and then just walked away <laughs> And then we finally did it, but of course no one was looking.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. And all of us were extremely in a lot of pain the next morning. Right. So She crushed him. Don't. This is professionals only. Do not try that. So eventually they get in the water and they get to do the lift and like the sun is like glistening off his back and he's just like tanned <laughs> and he just looks beautiful and perfect so then it's thursday night and penny and baby are going to get baby dressed and ready for the show they run into an old woman who's staying at the resort and she drops her purse and a couple of wallets spill out and she tells penny she used to be a dancer too and then like her husband comes and they walk off it's random but we'll come back to that penny's dressing baby and getting her ready and penny says she just wants baby to know that she doesn't sleep around and she thought robbie loved her and she says she's scared of what's about to happen and baby tells her not to worry and it'll be fine and um women's groups and abortion rights act activist groups at the time actually really praised this movie's portrayal of how all the people around Penny react Mm -hmm, to her having mm -hmm, an abortion, mm -hmm. which is just with like sympathy and care. And So Johnny and baby do the dance at the other resort. It doesn't go great, but it doesn't go terribly. They don't do the lift at the very end. They see the old couple that baby and Penny saw earlier that day. They're in a pretty good mood on the way back and something is different in their relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're like kind of holding hands when they get out of the car and the bellboy comes running over and tells them that penny's in trouble she's on a bed in one of the staff cabins she's clearly in shock baby says i thought the guy was a real doctor and the bellboy says he had a dirty knife and a folding table and then he could hear yeah it's horrible and wow. then he says he could hear penny screaming from the hallway well yeah because that's pre roe v wade yeah and like that's not an if situation anymore like that's gonna be reality in a co- like probably a couple of months mm. like almost certainly here yeah. if not you know elsewhere all over the country so we have that to look forward to baby runs and wakes up dr houseman and brings him to penny yeah so all of the other like staff are like standing around watching this like give her some fucking privacy (laughs) um (laughs) too much to ask at summer camp (laughs) dr houseman asks who's responsible for this woman and patrick swayze says he is which dr houseman takes to mean it was his baby Mm. Which yeah, that's what anyone would think. But then later on people are like st- like everyone keeps being shocked that it's not Patrick Swayze's and I'm like, Well, you're being really vague about it not being yours. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like you um,
0: keep kind of almost inferring that it is. <laughs> <laughs> You keep dropping hints that it might be. And then being shocked when
1: people (laughs) think that it is. So he helps Penny and then he leaves with Baby. Johnny tries to say thank you and he like totally brushes him off because he's like, you're a scumbag. He tells Baby that she can't have anything to do with any of those people ever again and that he doesn't know her anymore. And she needs to go to bed and take off her makeup before her mother sees her. Harsh. So instead of doing any of that, (laughs) Baby immediately rushes to Patrick Swayze's cabin, which... Of course. Like bad move on dad being like, I forbid you. Like you should have known that she was going to run right to his cabin. Another Otis Redding song, These Arms of Mine is playing. So one of my all time favorite, favorite, favorite monologues is about to happen. By the way, everybody get ready. Everybody get prepared. (laughs) I hope that I can pack the emotional punch of Jennifer Grey. So he lets her in and he's like, sorry, my room sucks. And she's like, no, you have a Great room, it's awesome, which is like really cute. She apologizes for how her dad acted towards him, and he says that the reason people treat him like he's nothing is because he's nothing. And she says that's not true, that he's everything. And he tells her, like, his life is always a mess. He's always financially mm. unstable. It's always mm. a mess. And she says it doesn't have to be that way. And he says he's never known anyone like her because she thinks she can make the world better. And she says, Yeah, yeah, I go get my dad that's really brave. Because he made fun yeah, of her yeah. for it before. And he's like, actually, that was really fucking brave. At <laughs> least
0: he came around.
1: Right, exactly. He's says you're not scared of anything and jennifer gray says she says me i'm scared of everything i'm scared of what i saw i'm scared of what i did of who i am and most of all i'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling for the rest of my whole life the way i feel when i'm with you girl girl i get you it's so good
0: like stockholm syndrome then, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> he makes her feel like a sensual sexy woman yeah but you'll feel that again that's not unique to him she's just young and in love <laughs>
1: yeah but she is
0: young and in love that's why
1: it packs such a punch so then the song cry with me starts to play and she says dance with me and we have the sexiest non-sex scene in cinematic history <laughs> as far as I'm concerned like, lots of pelvis mashing again she does the thing that Katrina Balfe did it in the Outlander episode that I talked about where she like walks around him and like that was the. So that you could see Sam Hewan's ass and Patrick Swayze's ass is clothed in this but she uh, still grabs it yeah and you get a good like sexy back shot as we've discussed the backs are underappreciated, very much so yeah so yeah it's just a super 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 sexy scene like I would like to feel one day in my life like a fraction of sexy as they're pretending to feel <laughs> in this scene um <laughs> <laughs> he takes off her shirt and they obviously fuck but there's no like actual like you see him on top of her and they kiss but there's no like there's the dancing and then the implied sex gotcha. There's no, like yeah. yeah. so the next morning breakfast is awkward as fuck with the houseman's there's an announcement that there's going to be an end of the season talent show and neil asks if they'll be in it and dr houseman says they're leaving early and lisa says she was going to be in the show and mrs houseman is like mm, why the fuck are we leaving early <laughs> and dr houseman's like oh just kidding never mind so baby goes to check on penny and while she's there johnny happens to come check on her too. And Penny says that Dr. Hausman says she'll be fine and she can still have kids. She asks them how the show went and they're both acting really fucking awkward because yeah. they just fucked last yeah. night. <laughs> and Penny catches on and baby's like, oh, okay, I should go and leaves. And Penny's like, what the fuck? Like you need to cut this shit out to Patrick Swayze. Baby's been waiting for him outside Penny's cabin. And he's like, uh, I gotta go. And she's like, okay, like if you're busy, I guess. And it's like so heartbreaking. I haven't gotten blown off like that in a really long time but like (laughs) the stomach drop after you realize that a hookup meant nothing is like so raw he goes to leave and she kind of like calls out his name and he looks back and is like clearly conflicted and then he gives her this like beautiful patrick Smazy smile just to portray that like they both know that this is not a good idea but they are super into each other Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the next day it's raining and baby and johnny are having post coitus cuddling to will you still love me tomorrow and that's a good song obviously a lot of people have done it um amy winehouse did a really beautiful version of it oh interesting yeah so she asks him if he's slept with lots of women and he's like
0: what 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 do you want to do that? <laughs> and he like gets kind of annoyed I'm just a sexy dancer traveling from summer camp to summer camp <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> like they keep going at summer
1: camp <laughs> um i mean this isn't just a week they're there for a long time yeah but it's not a camp it's like a resort it's like a family like they're not kids that would be
0: a disturbing movie okay are they like in cabins uh yeah do they have communal eating areas yeah but it's not like do the, they have scheduled activities? camp uh, it's family camp i'm sorry it's family <laughs> camp <laughs>
1: so, um he like kind of gets annoyed and he gets out of bed and you see like a nice little sliver of his booty there's actually a better patrick swayze booty shot in a movie but i can't remember what it is oddly enough Dak Shepard has talked about it like multiple times on his podcast yeah but i can't remember what the movie is i mean patrick swayze has a nice ass that's not revelatory information his body is also just like sick It's like the perfect, like masculine, like triangle. He tells her that the women like the bungalow bunny from earlier. They hit on him and they sleep with him and they use him to like get their jollies while their husbands mm-hmm. are gone. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, hates every minute of it. Yeah.
0: Cause men do hate being desired and yeah. sought after and clawed at by multiple women. Yeah.
1: Especially when they're giving him money. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, okay. I get it. They were using you and they start making out again. And he asks what her real name is. And she tells him it's Francis after the first woman in the cabinet. And that's when I realized that maybe I watched this movie too young and let it inform my political mind. But, but not going to dive too deep into unpacking that. So (laughs) that night, Lisa tells baby that she's going to lose her virginity to Robbie and baby's like, that sounds like a super bad idea. And Lisa says, you're just jealous. After
0: Robbie had knocked up Penny.
1: Yeah, which Lisa she's obviously right. doesn't know. Yeah, because
0: he's a scumbag. Yeah,
1: and Lisa says, you're just jealous because Dr. Hausman and Baby were super tight and now they're not mm-hmm. getting along at all. The next day, Baby's at the dance studio where Johnny teaches at the resort and they're dancing and fooling around and she's pretending to be him and saying all the stuff that he was saying when he was trying to teach her and like being kind of a dick about it. Like, mm-hmm. stay in your space. This is my space. You keep your arms up. You have spaghetti arms. They start lip syncing to a song called Love is Strange by Mickey and Sylvia and again... Dirty Dancing Lauren, I don't know if this is true, but Dirty Dancing like tail is that this scene was just them fooling around and it wasn't supposed to be used, but the director loved it. So he put it in and that makes sense because it doesn't add anything to the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the best scenes of all time in a movie. And I think they did a parody of it on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. So Neil comes up and interrupts them. He tells Johnny that he wanted to talk to him about something new for the end of the year talent show because they always do the mambo or the merengue or or something. And Johnny's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, I have all these ideas. We could do this new, like, innovative stuff or whatever. And Neil's like, no, mm, no, 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 no. I meant, like, instead of the mambo, we could do the pachanga. And Patrick Swayze's like, Cool. And Neil's like, well, you could do like your creative little shit. But, you know, next summer when we need a dance instructor and Patrick Swayze like, it's fucking fine. We'll do the goddamn pitching. <laughs> <laughs> and then Neil tells Baby to make sure that Johnny gives her the full half hour she's paying for him. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he's a little bitch. In the next scene, they're leaving the studio and Patrick is like ranting about Neil and he says, that guy wouldn't know a new idea if it hit him in the pachanga. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Baby asks, like, why do you let him talk to you like that? You could have spoken up and mm. fought for yourself. And Johnny's like, I-, I can't fucking fight back. Like, I need this fucking job, you idiot. He doesn't say me, you idiot, but okay. I kind of feel that way. Like, why don't you know this? Yeah. So... Then they see Lisa and Robbie with Dr. Houseman and baby kind of like yanks Johnny back and like to hide. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm supposed to fight back, but you're not fighting for me. Mm. He says, I don't see you going up to your dad and saying that I'm your guy. And she's like, oh, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, it's really not. I don't think you ever had any intention of telling him that we're together. Yeah. And he angrily storms off. A while later, baby goes to Penny's cabin and asks if she's seen Johnny. And he's there. And she's like apologizing. And she starts kissing him. And Robbie comes, happens upon them. And he makes a comment about how he picked the wrong sister. Oh. So Patrick Swayze immediately starts kicking his ass. Yeah. (laughs) Which, how stupid do you have to be? Even in the Dirty Dancing universe where he's not Roadhouse, he's just some guy. He's still. Dude. Yeah, he's still a total badass so yeah don't pick a fight with a guy like that so he he kicks robbie's ass he and baby make up and everyone's practicing for the end of summer talent show the bungalow bunny from before tells johnny she made a special arrangement for the last night together which like baby watches that conversation and then kind of not so subtly pretends that she's not watching that woman's husband is actually there okay and he's like oh i got a poker game all night here's some cash free to fuck my wife i guess and keep her from annoying me tonight lovely Um, yeah and johnny's like actually i'm busy so sorry and gives the money back and baby's watching and she's like oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm why he's busy uh, yeah which is hilarious but also sweet maybe just hilarious and i'm brainwashed and it's not sweet at all but i thought it was kind of sweet so lisa tells baby that she's gonna lose it to robbie tonight it's happening yeah and she's like oh shit but then lisa like walks away before she can say and what's she gonna do like right so mine's made up later that night lisa's heading to robbie's cabin but when she gets there he's fucking the bungalow bunny of course so awkward johnny and baby are post-coital cuddling again to in the still of the night and he tells her that he had a dream that they were walking with her dad and he put his arm around him like he saw him do with robbie
0: Aww. <laughs>
1: So the next morning the bungalow bunny is leaving Robbie's and she sees baby leaving Johnny's. So she's pissed. At breakfast that morning, Max and Neil tell the housemans that the bungalow bunny's husband got his wallet stolen and that the bungalow bunny said she remembered Johnny being around at the time. Of course. Right. So obviously what a bitch. Right. <laughs> so obviously baby starts saying she knows johnny didn't do it yeah she knows he didn't do it and neil says it's happened here before and at the other resort where they put on the show ah. and uh baby turns to dr houseman and is saying you have to trust me i know he didn't do it and he's like well the last time you asked me to trust you you did some fucked up shit yeah and she starts saying that the old couple she and penny ran into could have done it because she saw them with a couple of wallets and everyone's like whoa whoa you can't just go around <laughs> accusing a little old couple of of stealing wallets, and they're about to go fire Johnny when baby finally says, I know it wasn't him because I was with him all night.
0: Dun dun dun.
1: Yeah so the next scene is actually super sad she confronts her dad and is like you always told me to treat everyone the same but you have treated these people like shit Mm. Um, and you wanted me to believe that I could change the world but you meant by marrying a doctor or a lawyer and I might not be who you thought I was and I might have let you down but you let me down too and it's just like really good acting from both of them the next scene she's asleep where the staff all have their nightly parties and Johnny comes and wakes her up and he says he's been looking all over for her and that they actually it is the little old car that's been stealing the wallets, and they're wanted wanted in Arizona and Florida of course and she's like oh great so they know it's not you and he's like yeah but I'm still fired and she's like oh shit because you were fucking me all night Mm. and he's like I mean kind of it's your fault yeah and she's like getting pissed and she's like I've done so much shit and I've ruined my relationship with my family and like it was all for nothing and he says don't ever talk like that no one's ever done anything like that for me and like you can still do a lot Mm -hmm, of good in the world mm -hmm. so Johnny is leaving because he's he's gun fired yeah and he goes to talk to dr houseman i don't really know why he felt the need to do this before he left but He's wearing a really cool leather jacket, <laughs> well, he
0: doesn't, which is okay. worth noting.
1: He looks like a badass, and he says, "Don't be mad at baby." And Doctor Hausman's like, first of all, don't ever fucking come here and tell me how to feel and what to do. You knocked up Penny, you sent her to a butcher, and then you moved on onto my daughter. So you should probably get the fuck out of my face." And Patrick Swayze's like, "Yeah, sounds about right," and leaves. So again, like for the 80th time, he could say it's not mine. Yes. It wasn't mine. Yeah. So then he has to say goodbye to baby and a song called she's like the wind is playing and it's by Patrick Swayze yeah I did know that yeah and he'd written it for a different movie but it wasn't included and it made sense for it to go here and it's like kind of like you know it and you don't even it too. yeah yeah yeah, and like you know that and you've never even seen this movie, you know like it's like this iconic like sad montage of him driving off it's so sweet so they like are kind of being awkward about leaving each other because like it's not like oh I'll text you when I'm at the gas station you know like right um, not following
0: each other on Instagram
1: yeah And he says, I'll never be sorry. Aww. I know I love this movie so much. So also in the montage, so he drives off and she's sad and Lisa like is being really nice to her, which they haven't gotten along this entire fucking movie. So that's really sweet. <laughs> so now we're at the end of the summer talent show and the Housemans all look fucking miserable. There are Lisa's yeah. on stage and she's performing the show, but the other three are just like staring. there, like not smiling. The staff are there too and they're all like glowering in the background because they're all pissed that Johnny got fired. Yeah. Dr. Houseman gives Robbie a check. He knows that. Robbie's planning on med school and like he's helped him all summer so it's just like a little end of the summer tip I guess and Robbie says oh and I wanted to thank you for the penny situation I mean we've all been there right oh, and wow. Dr. Hausman is like what no and he takes the check back and sits down which like he and he doesn't say anything like at this point how are you not putting the pieces together right, right. or like asking baby like do you know what I just heard like do you know what just happened yeah so baby's sitting with her parents and she has her back to the wall and she's like wedged in the corner and she's just like hating every second of life and then Johnny Castle comes back in and he (laughs) marches up to the houseman's and he says the iconic line nobody puts baby in a corner which actually Patrick Swayze hated and he hated saying it and when I mean it's cheesy yeah and he does kind of like mumble the end of it he takes her up on stage and he gives this weird speech about how she's like a really good person and then he's like and we're gonna dance now because people said i couldn't and i always do the end of the summer dance and everyone's like all right calm down do your (laughs) stupid dance uh (laughs) and of course somebody just happens to have a copy of Time of My Life yep. <laughs> on a record and we get the iconic dance and they finally do the lift and it's actually good so Patrick Swayze had to tone down his dancing in this movie because he wasn't supposed to be a trained professional yeah. like he actually is and yeah. so he had to tone it down and I feel like this sequence he got to actually like mm-hmm. show his stuff so Dr. Houseman tells Johnny that he knows it wasn't him who got Penny pregnant and he apologizes for being a jerk and the movie ends to everyone dancing to time of my life Aww. Yeah, and everyone lives happily ever after lovely yeah oh, i love this movie so much <laughs> it's such a good one it, like i said it used to be a comfort watch before patrick swayze died but now i just it kind of bums me out that's fair yeah um so it gets both my boobs in a slutty bra for sure Ooh. But it was emotional watching it now, but also, like the world sucks, and I haven't gone on a date since like eighteen twelve. Mm. But also, I was watching it, and I was just like, I miss being that into somebody. Like I haven't been that into mm-hmm. somebody. You know, like if I had been that into somebody more recently, then maybe I would have been more motivated to date. But like, interesting. the yeah. last time that I was like that into somebody, I was twenty seven. Yeah, that's fair, which is a long time ago. But, uh, maybe I'm just old and life is sad and empty. Whoa. But, yeah, Patrick Swayze is just perfect. So, obviously, as everyone knows, we lost Patrick Swayze in 2009 to pancreatic cancer. And since then, his wife has... At the time, they set up the Patrick Swayze Pancreas Cancer Research Fund. But before he passed, they were donating a lot of money to stand up to cancer. Okay. And his wife has considered, has continued to donate to something called, I don't know what the, oh, I guess pancreatic cancer um it's called pan can oh, okay yeah but yeah so that is the i'm sure that jennifer gray does some charity work as well i just didn't look into it because the obvious one was Patty yeah Choisy. yeah yeah so and that, i'm
0: sure at some point she supported his charity yeah wouldn't you yeah. think
1: yeah and that is dirty dancing so love
0: it what will you be doing next week so next week i'll be doing don john which was written by directed by and starring Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Oh, wow. I didn't know all of that. those other things. Yeah. And I will be doing
1: I will be doing The Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've gotten so many more duds. You haven't gotten any duds. You've
0: done a better job of, I think, watching bad movies.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, I'll watch this movie I like and talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that will be next week, and we will see you there. Yes. If you Want to see good butts? You got to watch bad movies. Goodbye. Bye.